Welcome to Global Health and Childhood Cancer. I'm your host, Mark Zobeck. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Okay, today on the podcast, I have the pleasure of welcoming back a couple of representatives from this PSYOP PODC nursing working group who are Linda Abramovitz and Lorena Segovia. And we are going to be continuing our discussion about the baseline nursing standards that we started way back in episode 11. So if you will recall, I spoke to Lisa Morrissey, Glenn Mba, and Julia Chalinor about the need for some standards to define what are the minimum necessary requirements for a nurse to be able to provide safe care to patients. In that episode, we had a great discussion about what it is like to be a nurse in low and middle income countries, what are the difficulties that they face, and why there need to be some sort of objective standards that can be shared throughout treatment centers all across the world. So if you haven't heard that episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one before starting this one, because it provides a lot of context for the conversation today. However, if you just want to listen to the episode today, that should be fine too. I think you'll pick up the context pretty quickly, and there's a lot of useful things that you can take from our discussion. And so today, we're going to discuss an advocacy toolkit that Linda and Lorena and others in the group have developed. As you'll hear, in the group's journey through developing the standards, it became evident that some of them were difficult to implement, and so the group set their sights on trying to figure out how to make these standards actionable in the real world. It was a great discussion, and I learned a lot from it, and I think you will too. One thing I will say As has happened before in the podcast, we've had some issues with connections. There were some internet connection problems. A couple of times you'll hear some guests cut out. There are some ambient noises that also accompany some of the speech. But none of this, by any means, degrades the quality of the discussion. Okay, enough talk. Let's go ahead and get to the episode. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Linda Abramovitz and Lorena Segovia, um, two of the expert nurses in the PSYOP nursing group. And they are going to talk to us about implementing the baseline nursing standards and an advocacy toolkit that the group has developed to help to implement the standards. So Linda and Lorena, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves to us? Who are you? Where do you work? And how did you get involved in this project? Great. Thank you, Mark, for letting us um, uh, be part of this um, program. Uh, My name is Linda Abramovich. I am an associate clinical professor at the Department of Family Healthcare and Nursing at the University of California, San Francisco. I'm also uh, a faculty on the Global Cancer Program. I have been involved um, outside of UCSF uh, globally um, throughout my career. Um, My background is as a clinical nurse specialist, advanced practice nurse, in pediatric bone marrow transplant and oncology and have utilized my specialty to not only work with the nurses within the United States as well as high-income countries, but more uh, throughout my career in the last decade or so, working with um, colleagues from low and middle-income countries. And I've been really fortunate to be able to partner um, with them over the years. I have become a very active member of PSYOP, the International Society of Pediatric Oncology, and um, was on the nursing committee for several years, as well as co-chair of the 
PODC, which stands for Pediatric Oncology in Developing Countries. I have made many um, connections. Um, and the nurses I um, work with, um, both within high-income, middle, and low-income countries um, over the last many years. One of the most exciting things that I was participated in was the leadership, the workshop that Julia and others held in 2012 in London, and was uh, part of the group that from which the baseline standards developed. Um, and continued my work and uh, with that group in terms of development and promotion of the baseline nursing standards over the years uh, with the research and publication. Uh, my particular interest, which I will share with you today, has been the promotion and advocacy um, efforts uh, for the standard. And so that will, um, I'm going to let Lorena introduce herself. Okay. First of all, thanks, Mark, for the opportunity to participate in this podcast about the baseline standards. Well, my name is Lorena Segovia. I'm a nurse from Chile in South America. I'm the director of the Latin American Center for Pediatric Oncology Nursing Education, a St. Jude Children's Research Hospital initiative in collaboration with Dr. Luis Carlos. Alba McKenna Hospital here in, in Santiago. Uh, the center is responsible for training pediatric oncology nurse educators in Latin American hospital, uh, a role that was introduced to the region through this program. In this role, the center equips pediatric oncology nurse educators with the knowledge and the skills required to successfully implement the nurse educator role, education program, and also conduct quality improvement projects. This program or this role has been implemented in Mexico, Central America, South America, and the Spanish-speaking Caribbean. I'm also an uh, active member of the Association of Pediatric Hematology Oncology Nurses Spanish Chemotherapy Biotherapy Subcommittee, which has been working to adapt uh, and pilot the chemotherapy, biotherapy provider, and instructor course in Latin American countries. I'm also a member of the International Society of Pediatric Oncology, and my participation in the baseline standards project started in 2016 when I was invited by Lisa Morrissey to be part of a group of experts which helped with the survey validation that will be used to measure uh, each standard in, in different institutions all around the world. Very good. Well, thank you both for joining us to discuss the advocacy component of the baseline standards. So before we launch into the work you have done, can one of you remind us what the baseline standards are? Just briefly, if you can list them out. So I, the history of the baseline standards started as a pre-conference workshop, and this was held in London 2012. And at that time, uh, low-middle-income nurses were part of this workshop, described many of the barriers to the provision of safe nursing care their daily work. And with our group of almost 20 of us, there was a consensus that there was a need for baseline nursing standards. And these are the standards we have um, been talking about uh, on the last podcast and we'll talk about today. 
The six standards include uh, staffing based on patient acuity, uh, formulated orientation or, or formalized orientation, continuing education, multidisciplinary teamwork, resources for safe care, and then finally, the sixth standard is evidence-based practice. Very good. And something we didn't get to last time, but what I noticed as I was looking into the baseline standards a little more was that you've had quite a few organizations endorse these standards. Can you speak to that a little bit? Who's given it their stamp of approval? Yes. Um, So the standards were well received by the international pediatric oncology community. And we felt that it was important to have these standards endorsed by key academic pediatric institutions, professionals and parent groups, as well as non-governmental organizations. Um, There is less than 20 endorsements that we currently have, and part of the advocacy toolkit I will talk about will um, address how do you go ahead and endorse these standards. We are currently encouraging uh, more endorsements, uh, again, for promotion and awareness. Yeah. It seems like you've been successful so far getting some of the, I don't know, the big names in global oncology to endorse these standards. Like PSYOP, of course, endorsed them, as did World Child Cancer. Um, and let's see here. As did World Child Cancer, one of the larger nonprofit organizations in this space. Um, I also see Dana-Farber, so Harvard and Boston Children's Hospital, St. Jude, the European Oncology Nursing Association, the uh, Irish Cancer Society. Pediatric uh, Nursing Association and the Pakistan Society of Pediatric Oncology. I just list these out to say that so far, it seems like you've built a fairly international coalition um, who are paying attention to these standards and saying, yes, they are worthwhile. They are worth implementing. Yeah, and I I think that is um, really part of our advocacy effort to get the word out, um, not only through our working group, but also at a larger level. I think the one that um, is really key to mention, in addition to the ones you listed, was the Childhood Cancer International. And we have learned that as nurses, um, we can keep this information within the nursing profession. But what, as we move it into advocacy, we really need to include physicians, psychologists, social workers, and most importantly, parents. So with um, the endorsement from Childhood Cancer International, which was one of our first endorsements, um, if not, I think, the first, um, I think it's really critical to have parents and patients advocating along with us for these standards to be implemented. Yeah, I think that's very well said. So before we get into how to implement them, why don't we talk about what your experience has been so far with implementing them? Like what's been difficult or what's been successful uh, so far? Because I asked this, uh, the last episode with Julia, Lisa, and Glenn, um, I had several people uh, come up to me afterwards and ask, you know, these sound great. They, of course, make sense, but there are reasons that the many places don't abide by these standards already. So it seems like it would be very difficult to overcome those reasons. So tell me about your experience so far in in implementing them. Well, my experience in related to the standards implementation, it's most related with the experience uh, I have with uh, the center and the director. Uh, In the center, uh, where we are training uh, nurse educators, we are focused to base 
all the work we develop with each nurse educator on baseline standards. So I think there are some issues that are easy to implement, but some others are more, more difficult. The more challenges we have are related with sometimes some cultural problems, like, uh, for example, in, in many low and middle income countries, due to lack of resources to a high patient to nurse ratio, they just need nurses to do the work. So there is no time for orientation. There is no time for continuing education. So it has been a hard work to convince leaders of the health institutions that uh, there is a direct connection between having a well-trained staff with patient outcomes. So uh, this is one of the, of the problems we have uh, met. Uh, some others are related to uh, material resources. They, they are poor hospitals, so no adequate personal protective equipment, for example, for handling hazardous drugs or some other materials or, or, or supplies needed for giving a quality care for, for patients. Uh, another thing uh, we have to, to fight with is with a, a, another cultural problem related to rotation. In many low and, either, and middle income countries, it is used that the staff rotate from different units. And, you know, we need a very well-trained and specialized nurses. So this is uh, another thing that has been uh, difficult to, to work with. These are some of the uh, barriers or difficulties we have front during this time uh, with the nurse educator role that are trying to implement uh, the base baseline standards in their hospitals. Hey, Lorraine, I, I very much agree with what you have shared. Um, and I, from my experience, I'm working in partnerships, most currently I'm working in Vietnam and Tanzania. Some of the challenges is really the buy-in from hospital administration, uh, the ministries of health uh, into the standards um, because it, it changes hard and challenging. Um, and so part of it from our advocacy work is to look at ways that we could promote change to elevate the baseline standards as something important. And the buy-in costs money um, in terms of increasing staffing, uh, <laughs> buying supplies to have protective equipment to administer chemotherapy. Uh, in several countries, nurses continue to mix chemotherapy on the unit where a pharmacist in a special hood needs to be doing that within a hospital setting that has a pediatric oncology program. I also think some of the difficulties um, in getting the word out and maybe moving toward uh, advocacy is the standards um, and the publications are in English. And with they're making efforts to really try to get these standards out there and translated into some different languages, uh, most recently. 
in our efforts. What you're saying uh, about the language is something very important because one of the main barriers we have to teach, uh, in, in my case, Latin American countries, is the lack of uh, educative material in, in Spanish. Almost all evidence, papers, books are in English. And this is a, a barrier for, for, for nurses to, 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 be, uh, to have more resources for studying and, and, build, and be more prepared. Yeah, all of that makes a lot of sense. I, I think you both um, well outlined the barriers that fit my intuition just thinking about this problem before hearing you speak. You know, it, it sounds like the main barriers that nurses tend to come up against include scarcity of personnel, like you opened up saying, Lorena, and scarcity of resources such as gloves and other safety equipment. And then it seems like there's a cultural force, too, that there's just not an expectation that nurses play this role and uh, that nurses get shuffled around from place to place in the hospital, like you mentioned. And then there's a there's a barrier with language and just with communicating these standards to everywhere in the world that they need to be. And so all of that makes a lot of sense. Have you found any specific examples of overcoming any of these particular barriers? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we have trying to implement the, the standards through the center working directly with all the Latin American nurse educator network we have in, in many uh, hospitals in Latin America. And the specific topics uh, we have been working on are related to the orientation program. Every nurse educator has uh, have the mission to implement uh, an orientation program according their local uh, reality, but trying to be based on baseline standards. We are also being focused on continuing education programs. The nurse educators have to develop educative material and continuing education through the years for the whole staff. Till now, our net network of nurse educators have trained more than 1,000 nurses in wow. uh, through Latin America, yes. Uh, another thing important is that through the center, we have been creating some educative resources in Spanish, and we also using online methods. We monthly do uh, continuing education, not just for our network of uh, nurse educators, but also for other nurses that are interested in participate. And we have been working with the leaders. We mentioned that sometimes uh, there are uh, a barrier for the implementation of, of some of the standards. So we used to schedule meetings with the leaders to, to show them or to share with them uh, the evidence related that the nurses has not to rotate, the recommendation nurse-patient ratio, and, and some, some other recommendations that uh, appear on the, on the standards. And we also have been so successful developing some quality improvement projects in, in, in the different uh, institutions where we have uh, nurse educators. As I mentioned, it is not easy, but you can uh, success when you have a well-trained nurse educator who is able, who is a, a leader and is able to, to train and to be like a guide for the for, for the rest of the nursing staff. 
I think that the programs that have been built in South America with the partnership um, that Lorena has with St. Jude's and her colleagues um, has been impactful. And we will continue to see a lot of changes um, that have um, been made um, as you know the years go on in practice. What is sometimes more challenging uh, is that frequently there are uh, global partnerships with high-income, low-middle-income countries that are very short-term and that you would basically come in and teach some curriculum uh, or content for a week and then leave the country. And the critical piece of the baseline standards is really looks more at sustainability um, of developing the leading expertise. And I truly believe in what the role that Lorena has is a nurse educator within country that could continue to promote these standards as well as promote standards within the region. Um, there's been a lot of work done with um, the continental uh, uh, Africa for SIOP Africa with uh, Glenn and others looking at um, partnerships within the continent of nurses. I know that Glenn has um, uh, reached beyond uh, Cameroon and has been to other countries to provide education and role modeling and leadership um, to the nurses within those countries. The same for Rahana in Punjani, who's not on the call who was the co-chair with me for PODC. She's done a fair amount of work in Asia as well as with nurses from Africa to, again, role model um, and set standards that um, will improve and impact ultimately the patient and family. That's very good. One thing that caught my ear as you were describing the different ways you've been able to implement the standards is going to hospital administration and discussing with them the current state of care and maybe how it should be. I can imagine that'd be kind of intimidating to a lot of people. Can you comment on your experience doing that? Well, the way we use to to work with our nurse educators start uh, with uh, knowing uh, the way they do. Uh, they used to do the things. You know, it happened that even we all speak Spanish. Uh, there are uh, some uh, language barrier. For example, you say, okay, do you have an orientation program? I'm thinking in the, uh, the standards orientation program recommended. And he or she is thinking on the orientation program. They used to have just one or two days uh, looking an experienced nurse, and then this new nurse start doing direct patient care. We are both talking about orientation program, but the meaning of each one is very different. So the first step is to know exactly that we are talking about the same uh, and to know exactly the way they do education, orientation, the procedures, and then uh, with them uh, on a conversation, we started trying to uh, not to say them, okay, you have to do this. The way we are we're trying to work is just we to be like a coach, to tell them, okay, this is the evidence, 
the reference recommended that you do this in this way. Okay, according yeah, your local resources, how we can improve, for example, this uh, process, chemotherapy administration, or according your resources and your local situation, how can we improve the orientation program you have in your pediatric oncology unit? This is uh, the way we, we used to work with them. I, well, as you're talking, Lorena, I'm, you know, and with Mark's question about approaching hospital administration, I go back to what we did um, with our workshop on at leadership and advocacy, because I think this is part of advocacy. As I've worked with nurses um, globally, I truly believe in that it needs to come from within the hospital. So getting buy-in from the physicians, if there are active parents, part of it's educating um, the process is educating hospital administrators and physicians, other healthcare workers around the baseline standards, and then developing the tools for nurses to feel empowered well, why don't you introduce the toolkit a little bit? Let's go ahead and get into it, and then we can explore the things inside of it. So uh, it came about, you said, as the the result of a workshop that you held for advocacy? Yeah. So um, prior to the SIOP meeting in 2017, um, there had been work done with the baseline standards, two publications. We were beginning to work on the uh, survey. Um, or had worked on the survey, um, and that was ongoing work. But then really the issue came up about what about disseminating the information and promoting this. So we had um, 22 nurses and physicians, parents invited to this workshop, and 14 countries were represented from low-middle-income countries. And the goal and the objectives that we had at this, at the, for the workshop was to engage the international nurse leaders and stakeholders in a discussion around the baseline standards. And this was a one-day workshop held in Washington, D.C. in 2017, as I mentioned. And we, during the workshop, we set priorities, priorities and strategies for dissemination of the standards. But we also wanted to enhance the nurses' knowledge and skills in leadership and advocacy. Um, and with this, we were hoping that we could also increase everyone's awareness of organizations and uh, that we could um, launch initiatives around the baseline standards. So from this workshop, we were able to develop uh, priorities. One of them was the advocacy toolkit. We also created elevator speeches to promote the baseline nursing standards. We wanted to have a more vigorous uh, awareness campaign uh, for ongoing promotion of the standards, continue endorsement, which we talked about earlier. And then we really wanted to figure out how we can engage these SIOP uh, stakeholders at that time. So actually, during the workshop, which was um, interactive, which, but also had educational components, we talked about elevator speeches, um, which in a definition, it's a brief, persuasive speech that you use to spark an interest about a project, an idea, a product, or and it explains this concept to someone who's listening in a very short period of time 
for example, about 30 seconds would be the goal, enough to get on and off an elevator. And that this communication is very um, focused and clear. So as nurses um, in this workshop, we took each of the standards and developed elevator speeches. And as I was um, thinking about this podcast and being on the phone, this call with Lorena, she gave a very powerful um, elevator speech about one of the standards, standard number five, about resources for safe care. And I thought this would be a good time for her to give that speech um, as an example of what nurses can do in terms of being persuasive. Absolutely. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Good morning. My name is Lorena. I'm the nurse educator of the Pediatric Oncology Unit. I'm here today because I'm concerned about the nursing staff because they are administering chemo without personal protective equipment. Our nursing staff is very young and there is a scientific evidence that supports the severe risk of exposure of nurses who administer chemo without PPE, mainly problems related to fertility, miscarriage, and fetus abnormalities. The PPE recommended are gloves tested for chemo, guns, and face shields if there is a risk of splash. The monthly cost for all the PPE would be only $1,000, but would improve safety and increase nurse retention. We need your help for funding and education of the whole staff. I would really appreciate if you consider my request. When do you think we can schedule another meeting to discuss your thoughts about this proposal? Wow, that's so good. Yes. I'm like, I'm ready to go right now. Let's, let's figure it I out. You. I convinced you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you're developing these elevator speeches for each of the uh, baseline standards. Correct. And actually we did, and we are refining them. And hopefully we will have them up on, in the toolkit within the next month or two. So um, following the workshop, um, the nurses were able to spend a day on the Hill and meet with politicians and practice these skills, which was very, very exciting for many of the nurses to be able to have this experience, not only from low middle income countries, but also high income countries. I think we all learned a lot um, and have been able to utilize this tool uh, in other things other than the baseline standards. Uh, we also had a table at the uh, conference, um, PODC uh, nursing table. We had posters on the baseline standards. We handed out bookmarks. All of us were, were stickers um, that said, ask me about the baseline standards. So at that point, we were able to um, talk to members of PSYOP at the conference about the baseline standards, which then launched a, um, our movement to develop a toolkit over the following year. I'll say I was at that PSYOP and I remember both the stickers and the bookmarks. Um, so they were, I guess, effective uh, in yeah. spreading the word. Yeah. And I think we are, um, I think the advocacy toolkit is, um, was one of the top priorities we had to get that on the PSYOP uh, webpage for nursing. Um, we have a separate page of the baseline standards 
that was launched prior to um, the meeting last year in Kyoto. And we did a big promotion at that time. Actually, it was that time we used the bookmarks and handed um, things out. Yeah. So we are. Um, so over the past year, we've developed the um, toolkit uh, between the workshop and Kyoto. And in this toolkit, we have an overview of the baseline nursing standards publications that um, had been already um, published, and we continue to build on that. We have an awareness campaign um, section, endorsement section, as well as elevator speeches soon to come. So uh, we broke into teams after the workshop and uh, different members of the teams developed different components of the toolkit. Um, we actually have a PowerPoint presentation in the toolkit and we have encouraged nurses to give this PowerPoint presentation at conferences uh, to their health uh, ministries of health, to their hospital administrators, um, to different groups to educate them about the baseline standards. There is also a baseline standard uh, summary document that we have translated into several languages and its uh, new section is currently being posted within the next week or two. Fantastic. So you have a fairly comprehensive set of resources for people who are maybe so inclined to use it. Uh, have you had any stories from the front lines about people using any of the materials and having some success? So I think we will be able to have a better sense when we attend our next SIOP meeting from the PODC nursing group, whether individuals in the group um, have utilized the materials. Uh, we have unfortunately um, not kept track on the number of hits to the site. Um, and so we need to further evaluate how useful these are to other individuals. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it made sense. I mean, I, I completely understand because the, you know, with our own work in Cancer Point, uh, we've created a lot of resources for people to find training programs or other educational materials to use in their lives. And it's so hard to assess how effective those materials are. So we get anecdotal feedback, but there's, we know we haven't really systematically addressed it yet. Um, so I'll be interested to see as you evaluate how people have engaged your materials, you know, how you go about seeing um, what's working, what's not working and where you need to focus your efforts. Yeah, I think you make a good point. You can create all these materials, but unless they're being utilized to advance um, the baseline standards, um, we, uh, it, you know, it might not be as effective as we think it is. And I think getting the feedback um, as a group uh, is going to be very important because we may need to make some changes and additions um, to what we currently have at this on the site. That's fair because I saw you also have a. Uh, newsletter that the nursing group sends out periodically, which I found very well done. So I'm sure that people have tuned in and are paying attention and making some changes for the better. Yes, um, that newsletter we start. I started um, and now have a co-editor, Liz Schneiderman from St. Jude's, um, and the nurses are beginning to use it as a tool to communicate with each other um, over the year. Uh, part of it, I think, as the awareness campaign has moved forward, many of the nurses are incorporating um, the baseline standards into most presentations they give. Um, 
to a different groups they may be exposed to. With my work um, with the nurses in Vietnam, I make sure I bring um, copies of the baseline standards with me um, to give them to hospital administrators as well as educate the nurses about the standards. Um, this year, we are going to be able to participate nursing within the uh, yearly uh, pediatric oncology program in Way, Vietnam, and we'll be presenting um, the baseline standards to the physician group at that time. And I think moving forward, we're fortunate that um, we have Sarah Day, who really was the lead in developing these standards with our group, as the keynote speaker in SIOC uh, in Lyon, and she'll be presenting on the international baseline standards for pediatric oncology from an interdisciplinary approach to achieving equi uh, equity in care delivery. And so I think our message is going to continue to get across, you know, again, not only to nurses, but to the broader pediatric oncology community. Yeah, it sounds like you're going about it the right way. I mean, over the last two episodes, we've talked about several publications that you've produced, a complete advocacy toolkit on a website. We've listed out the endorsements that your group has received from the major pediatric oncology organizations. And then, you know, it sounds like you have a plan for the future with a PSYOP presentation and continuing to spread the word about the toolkit. So it sounds like y'all have a lot going on um, and you've gotten the word out quite well. So uh, anything else that is on the horizon for you guys that I did not list out? So I think many of us, after um, the survey was published, are thinking about what are the next steps. I think ongoing endorsement, awareness campaign, advocacy is going to continue to build, and we need to continue to focus on that. But one of the things that we really do need to focus on is to quantify the instrument survey and take it one more step in the process. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, we need to correlate the survey and clinical outcomes. One of the things I think you made a comment about, Mark, at the end of the last podcast was that, um, and I'm going to paraphrase you or uh, reword it, that really nursing is the final pathway to the patient and it impacts the quality of care. And I think that we need to show that these baseline standards do in fact improve clinical outcomes for our patients and want to clo close the um, survivor gap between high and low middle income countries when it comes to treating children with cancer. And so again, focusing on nursing. So I think our next step will have to do with do it, hopefully doing development as well as a site assessment tool um, that would, um, would improve and, um, and validate our evidence thus far. Well, it sounds like you're moving in the right direction. So we'll be excited to hear the results. Well, thanks for talking to us about the toolkit. And again, the things you're doing is just incredible. I think the nursing working group is a model of what the PODC working groups should be. So my hat goes off to all of you in the working group. Uh, is there anything else that we did not discuss that you would like to bring up? No, I, I just uh, would like to add that 
as you mentioned, uh, we have many things uh, to do, but one of the strengths we have is that we have a great group of nursing leaders all around the world, especially in many low-income countries. Nurses that really want to be trained, nurses that really want to improve the quality care, uh, the quality care of pediatric oncology patients. And I think this is the, a very good uh, beginning for uh, starting with the change. I couldn't agree with you more. I, and I, I am very fortunate to be part of this group and hopefully the, the many changes we'll be seeing um, hopefully in the future in nursing, uh, pediatric oncology nursing um, globally. Mark, thank you for allowing us to be part of this podcast. Um, and we encourage people to visit our um, website, which I think you are going to post. Yeah, I will have the website both in the episode description as well as posted on the website ghccpod.com. Um, and it will direct you to find all of the advocacy toolkit resources that they've developed. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you both for talking to us. We appreciate yeah. it. And I think there's big things on the horizon for the nursing group. So we uh, look forward to seeing what happens. And thank you thank for you. letting us for share all this information, not just with you, but with many other people. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you both. Thank you, Mark. All right, thanks. Thank you.